Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're glad you're with us here today in Big Pine, in Key West, in Williston, in Ocala, or watching on the Internet. We're just happy to have the next few moments together as we continue on in a little Bible study we're doing on the kingdom of God. And uh, uh, we're talking about uh, a lot of different things as we, as we approach the subject, but really we're trying to lay down sort of the, the scriptural basis for many of the things that we do. And so we've been talking in these weeks about what the kingdom of God is, coming up with a definition. And I've, I've said to you that, that really the kingdom of God is ultimately the, the power and presence of the Lord in our lives. The rule of God, if you would, is what we're talking about when we refer to the kingdom. And uh, we've talked about it in the context of two ages, this age and the age to come. And scripturally, we looked at, we've looked at a lot of scripture in this study, that this age is this present evil age, is what this age is all about. The age to come is perfect. And we've looked at the timeline, and we see that that, uh, we know that Jesus is coming back, and that separates this age and the age to come, the second coming of Christ. And then we had to work in, in effect, the millennium, and we've talked about that a little bit, and how there's there's this sort of tension there in in this thousand-year period. And then we, we went further than that, and we, we brought in the fact that, that Jesus has already come, and when he came the first time, it inaugurated the kingdom. It's consummated on his return. So in effect, um, we, we live in this tension between the now and the not yet, between this age and the age to come. And we looked in Hebrews 6, and it said that we have tasted of the powers of the age to come. Uh, what Jesus did is make it possible for us to taste of everything that's going to happen when he comes back. That's when, when everything gets righted. But in the meantime, in this tension, we've tasted the powers, and a taste is a very real thing. It's not the seven-course meal, but it's a very real thing. It's more than just an you know, something uh, idea. It's a very real thing. And, and Jesus has uh, empowered us now to live in this present evil age and to introduce and to bring in to this present evil age, the, the power and the presence and the rule of the age to come. And, and with that sort of basic sort of understanding, now we're going to look at some things and, and see how they make a difference in our lives. Uh, we're going to talk today about the armor of God and what that's all about, and hopefully it'll make even more sense if you sort of grasp the conflict of the ages. Next week when we get together, we're going to talk about prayer, and uh, in particular the Lord's Prayer, and you'll see how when he taught his disciples at prayer, it, it's absolutely about this whole thing that we're talking about, this age and the age to come, and the kingdom of God being here now. Remember, he taught them to pray like that. Uh, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I don't know. We'll talk about that some next week. Um, but what we've been getting to was this, that, that uh, so we're in this conflict. And remember, I said that... Uh, uh, you know, God planted a cross on the earth and announced that he ruled. That's basically what happened uh, at the first coming, okay? So get that. The enemy's been defeated, but he doesn't know it yet. And, and, uh, and so they're, they're, even though the victory is ours, there's still these clean-up battles that have been going on now for a couple thousand years. And, and they're intense. It doesn't mean that they're any less. But, the, but still, you know, victory is assured. Uh, and yet there's these battles going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one who... who uh, uh, has made it his goal to take and, and try and snatch away as many people as he can. That's what he's doing. And, and uh, we need to understand our part in this conflict. We're to usher in and to bring in and to be uh, a demonstration of the, the kingdom of God, of the age to come. That's what the, the church 
is to do, to show people that they don't need to be stuck in darkness, that there is a way out, that, that there is deliverance that's possible, there is something happening. That's what we are called to do and to be. And it gives us meaning and purpose in life. And, and I've said to you, we, we can't just sit around and try and be good people because it won't last. We, nobody I know can sit here and be good. If that's all you've got to do, if, you, if we sort of think that, that being a Christian means we're just going to hang out and be good until Jesus comes back, you're not going to make it. We can't do it. We need a, we need a Savior every day of our lives. And, and yet what we need to understand is there's more to it than that. And, and it's in the, in the getting out and beginning to live in the kingdom, which is what we're talking about, that, that the other stuff that sort of pulls at us when we're not doing anything gets pushed off. It, it loses its attractiveness as we understand, hey, there's really something for us to do. There's, there's more to this. This is way bigger than just my own little life. This is, this is huge. This is, this is cosmic. This is being part of God's story, a part of His story. And, and we're, we're always needing to understand, you know, how do you fit into God's story? Because you do. And what does that look like? And, and, and be aware and open of the process. But because um, it, it's often described as a battle, um, God has given us some things to embrace in the battle. So we're not out there sort of all alone and, and with, without being prepared. And we're going to talk about then how, how God has prepared us to live in this conflict. And we're going to use some uh, passage, uh, uh, primarily passage of Scripture out of Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 17, where it talks about the armor of God. Now, uh, hopefully you've read that passage and, you, and you've, you've seen it before. But um, we need to understand in this conflict, and, and Ephesians is a great book. I encourage you to read it. Uh, the first three chapters of Ephesians, I'll talk about the Father's plan uh, for us as adoption. And then the last three chapters tell us uh, in Ephesians how to live that adopted life. That's what Ephesians is all about. And remember I said last week how, how Jesus came and he came first to the Jews and they didn't hear the message of the kingdom and they rejected it to the point of the cross. And, and so Jesus um, gave it to, to us to take care of and to, to handle, uh, to be caretakers of the kingdom. And, and I said that, uh, that that doesn't mean a caretaker isn't someone that just sort of tries to preserve. But uh, he taught us in that uh, the parable of the talents. He wants us to take risks and, and to invest what he's given us, to use what he's given us. And so, so that's what we're, we're doing. And, and, uh, and so we're to learn that, that uh, again, uh, sometimes, our, our, like I said, our understanding of, of, uh, is all about you know, developing good character in people and everything. That's a part of it. But, but missing the fact that we're to be out there doing the stuff that Jesus did. <laughs> so... Uh, just ignore that. I know what they're doing, and I think it's a very good thing. So uh, I think they're trying to put a 10 up for Serban, so just pretend that's not happening. All right? <laughs> so he doesn't get hot out there. So just ignore that. And if, if it happens again, I'll try and talk in rhythm. <laughs> I'll sing it. I don't know. I'll do something. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh well. Okay. Um, well, people on the video are going to go crazy. What's he talking about? There's this little tapping in the background, and it's gone now. Um, yeah, and you couldn't hear it, but it sounded like... No, forget it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press on now. 
So we're in this conflict, and, and uh, uh, Jesus has, uh, he wants us to know that, that he's equipped us to live in this conflict that we're in. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord no. and in his mighty power. <laughs> Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world, this dark age, this evil age. Remember, most of the time when you see that world, it's been translated wrong. It should say age or time. We've talked all about that, okay? And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, uh, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the, and the, sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, let's uh, break that down, and then we're going to move from there next week and talk about prayer, because it gives us that as one of our weapons as well. But I want to talk about these, and, uh, and just sort of look at this passage of Scripture together. It starts out by saying, finally. Finally. And, and that could really be translated for the remaining time. What remaining time? From the time that Jesus has come till the time that he comes back, from the from, from living in this age until Jesus comes back and consummates it, and living in this tension. That's, that's what Paul is saying with that idea. He says, uh, finally, uh, uh, for the remaining time, and then he goes on and he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is a sort of a picture of uh, divine enablement. Uh, and uh, uh, that word, be strong there, or that phrase, the rest of that phrase, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power, could actually be translated, continue to be inwardly strengthened by the resurrection power of Jesus. Pretty good stuff, huh? So, uh, for the remaining time, Paul is saying, until Jesus comes back, for the remaining time, continue to be inwardly strengthened by the resurrection power of Jesus. See, we're going to need it in, in order to live in this present evil age and to be the conduit of the age to come, the powers of the age to come. So finally be strong. Put on, it goes on to say, uh, and then it also says so that two, two interesting little phrases uh, that you can see there in, in verse 11. Put on, uh, the full armor of God, so that. Put on means to cover with clothing. Paul uses that phrase over and over and over in Scripture. Uh, and then so that, which means for the purpose, uh, so that you can take the stand against uh, the, the devil's schemes. Uh, the word there, schemes, could really be better translated strategies. All right? Uh, not strategery, but, uh, but strategies. Uh, and so uh, the enemy is tactically shrewd, uh, ingeniously deceptive, and his plan for your life is destruction. All right? That's, we understand that to be what's happening and the truth. So we need to be... Uh, uh, able to take a stand against the strategies of the evil one. He goes on and he says, for our struggle, um, um, 
is, is not against flesh and blood, which means it's not against humans. Uh, we don't fight against humans, but the forces behind them, which uh, drive humans to do dastardly deeds. And, uh, uh, you know, he gives a description of the enemies we fight. He talks about principalities and, and powers, which are, which are high-ranking spiritual beings that sort of block heaven from earth. That's their attempt. You can read about them throughout Scripture. Um, the ruler of the darkness of this world is a metaphor for the evil one. Spiritual wickedness in high places, I'm, I'm, I think he's referring to sort of the most depraved abominations, uh, you know, extreme sexual perversions, occultism, Satan worship. It's out there. It's everywhere. And, and uh, uh, it, it, it all comes from that, that supernatural fear where the enemy currently rules temporarily. Okay? And so uh, ultimately what he's saying is that uh, if we don't have a firm foothold here as believers, we're sort of easy prey for the strategies and the plans of the evil one. So he, he, he takes a, a new tack here and he says, now listen, so take up, which is a, a totally different word from the word for put on. Uh, it means to take up a thing in order to use it. And then he's going to give us sort of a detailed uh, account of, of uh, six weapons that are available to us in this conflict that we are in. And, and uh, each of these things sort of pictures a, pictures a spiritual weapon. Truth, righteousness, righteousness, good news of peace, faith, salvation, and the Word of God. Uh, and, and it's interesting, Paul draws this from the Old Testament and a picture of God himself arming for battle. I, I sort of love this uh, in Isaiah 59, 15 through 17. It says, Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil uh, becomes a prey the Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice and he saw that there was no one he was appalled that there was no one to intervene so his own arm worked salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head he put on the garments of vengeance and himself in zeal as in a cloak and so um, God is pictured in the Old Testament of having the, the very pieces of armament that God gives to us. And uh, Paul's saying, listen, it was good enough for God. It's certainly good enough for us. And, and these are all that we need to stand. Uh, so having, uh, he's already given us all that we need to stand in this battle. Sometimes we're tempted to go after all sorts of crazy fads that go out there. And, and also, listen, God has given you all that you need. It's right here in order to stand in the conflict that we're in and to truly be the army of God. And, and that's what he's sort of referring to in here is he gives us this armament that we're the army of God. It's, it's uh, we're the army of God through whom God brings his rule into this present evil age. And he says, here's your equipment, so suit up. You need to put it on. And let's talk about the, the equipment briefly uh, together. Um, and and uh, the first one is the belt of truth. There in verse 14, he talks about the belt of truth. Uh, the background for that piece of equipment is that uh, the, the Roman soldier would use his belt to tuck his tunic up so that it wouldn't become sort of flowing attire when he went into battle because that would have been a very bad thing. And so it kept everything in place. And uh, uh, the, the Roman soldier also used their belt to hold uh, the warrior's weapons, the, the large and the small sword. We'll talk about those in a minute. And so um, what Paul did was he described the, the belt as being like truth. The, the truth is truthfulness and, and honesty as opposed to phoniness and deceitfulness and hypocrisy, which is much more prevalent today, I think, than, than we would like it to be. And, and to participate in those, those, other, those latter activities is to really play the enemy's game. 
And uh, there's no way we can beat him at his own game. Uh, you just can't do it. And so we're, we're to stay away from phoniness and deceitfulness and hypocrisy and, and live in truthfulness and, and honesty. It's, it's one of the things that we're called to do. It's one of the weapons that we have. And, and think about these things like that. How much simpler is life when we live truthfully and honestly than when we try and make up stuff? Or, or Every time we go to deceit, or phoniness, or hypocrisy, uh, doesn't it just complicate life in, in amazing ways? Every, every little thing just seems to get huge and big. And, blo- and it's so much easier, even though sometimes it's, it seems to be harder. It's always better to just be upfront, be honest. And he's saying this is one of the weapons that God gives us, truthfulness. And, and uh, in today's world and culture, it's an amazing thing. Uh, you know, we just don't have... Uh, so many people won't tell you the truth. Uh, you know, we, and everybody wants to spin everything. It's, rather than truth, it's spin. How can we make it sound true without being true? Uh, and that's the culture we live in. And it's demonstrated to us constantly, politically and everywhere else. It's really not about truth. It's about making it sound true. Let's spin it. Let's, how do we spin this? Uh, and... and uh, what a, what a nightmare to have to live like that. It's so much better to, to live in the truth. And, and in that, you, you, you live then in the, in the will of God, and, and the, the protection is there. And, and it's much harder for the evil one to get at you. Boy, the enemy loves it when you tell a lie, because he'll use it forever. He'll beat you up with it. He'll say, remember when you told him that? Ooh, you, you remember when you... Uh, and it, it's simple to get stuck in. Um, you know, I, be, before I... I uh, was full-time in the ministry and, and uh, even making that transition from being a non-believer to believer. Uh, I used to do a lot of office work and, and when the phone would ring, if I didn't want to talk to somebody, I'd just have her answer the phone, tell them I wasn't there. Anybody ever use that? And I was there big time. Just tell them I'm not in. Um, and then uh, becoming a believer, uh, you know, that's sort of part of the old pattern, you know, and, and sometimes you don't get rid of your patterns right away. And and I remember saying, tell them I'm not there. And, and then I'm thinking, well, that can't, that's not good because now I'm lying. I'm making the person on the phone lie. And, and if they find out that I really am here, I've lost my integrity, my, my you know. And so it's much better to, to actually say, but tell them I can't talk to them now. <laughs> or I'll call them back later. Or no. Or just go ahead and talk to them. But, but uh, you know, the, the little things like that. But see, that would eat on you later. That's the kind of thing that the enemy would revisit later. Man, what kind of Christian are you telling people you're not in when you're in? <laughs> well, who needs that aggravation? So, you get the idea. Um, the breastplate of righteousness, also talked about in verse 14. Uh, the background for this is, is uh, when the Roman soldier wore this piece of armament, it covered his front and his back. Uh, it, it covered all his vital organs. And Paul likens the, the breastplate to righteousness. Uh, and uh, he talks about it even more in, in Ephesians 5, 8, and 11, where uh, he, he uses the word righteousness to clearly mean right character and conduct. Let's look at that verse, Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. He said, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And so uh, he's saying this, listen, we sort of become most vulnerable to the evil one when, when we compromise our conduct and our character. We're just wide open to attack. And we, we leave ourselves open to it um, because we, we've just gotten into that spot. And, and uh, 
Um, what that does is make a chink in, in our armament that allows the, the enemy a pathway into our lives. And so uh, we have to replace those old patterns with right character and conduct, and then the, the enemy can't get to us as easily. So we have to look at that in our lives. Then he talks about the boots in verse 15. The Roman soldier had these special boots. Uh, they were made of leather with uh, studded soles that allowed the toes to, to be free, and they were tied to the soldier at his ankles and shins with these sort of fancy ornamental straps. And, and um, when uh, the, the soldier wore these boots, uh, he was equipped for long marches, and it provided him a solid, firm stance. Paul applies that uh, to the gospel of peace, which is all about rest in the midst of turmoil. And this is an amazing thing that's given to believers. Uh, it, it helps each one of us to stand on a firm foundation. Remember, one of the evil one's favorite things to use as a weapon is deception. Uh, and, and his deception is, is ultimately fear. And how many believers deal with fear all the time? And listen, most of what we fear never happens. But we waste an, a huge amount, a, a, a mega energy, if you would, on worry. I think it's one of the biggest traps we fall in. We talk about that a lot here. I think it's one of the things that steals away huge amounts of our energy uh, in the kingdom, is that we devote way too much time to worry. And, and it's, it's, it's ultimately an attack. You know, you, it's okay to process something, but when you continue to go over it, over it and over it, the negative thing, you're worrying. And it's taking your time and your focus. That time could be much better spent doing something else. Either either doing something that's good or you know, changing those tapes or, or, or praying or something productive. But uh, we, we have sort of culturally just bought into and, and it's very common for us just to worry. And I'm telling you, it's, an, it's, it's one of the things that the enemy uses. He loves to use fear. Remember, most things you fear never happen. Yeah, I'd love to say all things you fear never happen, but they, <laughs> but most things never happen. Here's a, here's a good definition of fear. It's in there. Fear is false expectations appearing real. False expectations appearing real. And that's what we think. We, we start to take that stuff in like it really is true, and it mostly doesn't happen. So we're allowed this peace in the midst of turmoil. And all I want to encourage you to do is when you feel that stuff coming on you, the fear and the worry, just step back for a moment. Just ask God for his peace. <laughs> It comes. It's amazing how it comes, and you'll ask for it, and he'll he'll bring it in. It's part of the the uh, armament, the, the the armor of God that he's given you to wear. He talks about the shield of faith in verse 16, and and the shield that Paul is referring to uh, is uh, the larger of two shields that the Roman soldiers had at the time, uh, and it, it sort of measured like four and a half feet by two and a half feet, uh, and and uh, it was like a small wall built of wood glued together with leather around it. And what the soldier could actually do with this particular shield is plant it in the ground and, and sort of squat behind it. And uh, uh, one of the weaponry of the time was the enemy would, would take these um, darts um, that had been dipped into pitch and lit, and they would fire them at the opponent, and this shield would catch those darts and extinguish them uh, and, and keep them safe from them. And Paul likens that to uh, our faith. And... Uh, uh, in that uh, passage, I think faith sort of means the, the believer's ability to believe that God will protect him from ultimate harm and, and uh, that he's got us and, and that he's going to protect us. And 
The enemy throws those darts of, of you know, unsought thoughts that hit us and, and the desire to disobey and, and to rebel and to fear and to lust and to hate and to be angry and, or be sarcastic. And, and, and we can take protection and solace behind our shield of faith, which will help us in that process, knowing that God will protect us. Um, the helmet of salvation is in verse 17. Uh, the, the Roman helmets were made of sort of this tough uh, metal, uh, like bronze or iron, uh, and a hinged visor usually for frontal protection, and uh, nothing short of an axe could penetrate the helmet. And, and Paul talked about the helmet like a believer's salvation. Uh, and, and salvation in that context means the means of deliverance. Um, based on that particular word, the way it's translated, the other four times in Scripture, I put the verses in there for you. In Luke 2.30, uh, my eyes have seen your salvation. Luke 3.6, all mankind will see God's salvation. Acts 28.28, therefore I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Uh, and, and, and so to be, be saved under that is to accept the deliverer and the deliverance that he brings, knowing that, that nothing that the enemy can throw at you can penetrate. Um, and, and so we understand that process in salvation. And then the sword of the Spirit in verse 17. Uh, the sword for the Roman soldier could be offensive and a defensive weapon. And in this particular passage, the word for sword there is uh, makaria in the Greek, which is the smaller, actually, of the two Roman swords. Uh, and and um, the sword was about 12 to 14 inches long, was razor sharp, had a pinpoint on the end, and, and uh, uh, could cut in any direction. And it was used for close personal combat. They, they would use their large sword to sort of disable the ornament, uh, the enemy and then use this little sword to find chinks in the armor to, to get into and, uh, and go for there. And, and uh, this is likened to, Paul likened it to the Word of God. Now, the Word of God in this passage, the word there is translated, it's the, from the Greek word rhema, which is used about 70 times in the New Testament. And, and uh, five of these times it's used in this phrase, Word of God, and it really should be translated, A Word of God. It's often translated, The Word of God, but, but it's better translated, A Word of God. And I've got some verses in there you can look at uh, each time where, where in the NIV it does translate it, The Word of God, but it's really A Word of God, something specific that happens. Luke 3, 2, uh, it says, During the high priesthood of Annas and, and Caiaphas, A Word of God came to John son of Zechariah in the desert. See how a word of God makes more sense there? Luke 4.4, 4, Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by uh, a word of God. Uh, Hebrews 6.5, Who have tasted the goodness of a word of God and the powers of the coming age. We use that verse a lot. Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen is not made out of what was visible. God's command there. And so, look, the, the, the concept is this that God often gives us uh, not only this armament, but also a, a sort of a word uh, to know how to defeat the enemy. To, he demonstrates uh, or tells us his weakness uh, to go along with it. And, and so um, we need to understand that, that that's given by the Spirit to assist uh, us in defeating and, and defending against the enemy in the process. So we've got all this neat stuff that God has given us. And... Uh, Ultimately, we just need to apply it in our lives. How do we apply it? Uh, because you can't actually have these things, right? Uh, we do that in prayer. And, and we need to understand that it's something that we pray. And I, I, think it's, 
I think it's good that we pray it virtually, you know, pretty much every day. I like to start out by, by praying in the armor of God and just remembering what it is and say, God, you've given me these things. And uh, uh, just by praying it, it sort of reminds me that these things are at my disposal, and that's what he wants us to do. And so we're going to talk more about then the way that verse ends with prayer and how that prayer can be prayed to get us equipped and ready for the conflict each and every day. All right? All right. Amen and amen. Okay, we're going to pray for you here. If you're in one of the small groups who's ever leading, we'll pray for you there. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you guys. Uh, Why don't you pass up your prayer request to me?